Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I'm Kareen Eldor. Ever feel like you're playing small? Well, turn up the volume on my podcast, Share a Voice. Every Thursday, I sit down with the wave makers and game changers on everyone's radar. I'll be sharing inspo and takeaways based on my conversations with disruptors, visionaries, and compelling creatives about how they express themselves in their work. Prepare for tons of mic drop moments and subscribe so that you catch every soundbite. I'm fascinated by the power of feeling heard and taking up space. And I'm amped up about sharing these conversations with you. Hi there, I'm Aliyah Kamalova with teammate Kayleen Holden and guest co-host Kia Myers-Dugan. Welcome to The Females, a podcast from Career Contessa that delivers helpful, actionable career tips and advice for women so you can be more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. So today we are going to talk about a pretty important topic, and it's actually one that you might have seen pop up into your newsfeed, you might have heard people talk about it, and it's called languishing. And many of us are doing it without even really being aware of what it is. First of all, we're going to talk about what languishing is not. It's not burnout, but it's not quite depression either, but it's kind of like a a cousin to both of them. Languishing is really this feeling of stagnancy, emptiness, aimlessness, and the danger of languishing is that it can grow to become depression or an anxiety disorder if left unaddressed. So if this sounds familiar to you, keep listening and naming what it is that you're feeling is the first step to tackling this. That's why on today's episode, we'll be discussing why so many of us are languishing and why putting a name to the feeling helps and five pieces of advice on addressing your emotions, both at work and in your personal life. And now this is The Females. So if you've been listening to The Females for a while, you might already know that we love Adam Grant. And recently, he had an article for the New York Times, which I'll link to in the show notes. And he puts a name to an all too familiar feeling many of us have been having during the pandemic, and it's called languishing. So this term was actually coined by a sociologist uh, named Corey Keyes, and he describes this middle child 
of mental health. It's purgatory, if you will, that's kind of somewhere between flourishing and depression. It's where you are just feeling blah, right? Like meh. And it's the absence of well-being where you feel joyless, aimless, and generally unmotivated. So what's the problem with this? We all have less than inspiring periods in our lives, to be sure. But new evidence is showing that pandemic healthcare workers in Italy who experienced languishing in spring of 2020, now they are three times more likely than their peers to be diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder. Also, I heard this earlier this year, workplace expert Jennifer Moss and her team actually conducted a study that revealed 89% of adults globally which that's a big characterization, globally feel that their well-being is worse now than it was before the start of the pandemic. So I know we all read the article on languishing, and I was curious. For me, it definitely set off a couple of bells and whistles, and it's always really interesting when you're feeling a thing and you can't quite put your finger on what it is, uh, especially since languishing is so close to some other things. So I was curious if either of you have been experiencing this. I mean, when I read it, I was like, yes, <laughs> absolutely. I get this feeling because I think he like opens the article talking about how he used to be up and ready at 6 a.m. And then he just now lays in bed and plays like words with friends until like seven. And then is like, OK, I guess I'll get up. And I think it is those subtle changes that you might not even notice. I think for me, like I the most I connect with this is just like a feeling of monotony, maybe because even though during the pandemic and quarantine, a lot of people, including myself, have picked up so many different hobbies and activities, but it's still, it's just like, it feels so encapsulated almost. Like it, you feel a little bit like this is the same thing every day. So I think that's how mm-hmm. I've connected to this idea of languishing. And you know, people were joking about this, like it's Groundhog's Day, but that's real, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's just like mm-hmm. every day is the same thing. And I personally just started realizing that I wasn't enjoying things the way that I normally was. I literally was asking myself, do I even have anything that I enjoy? Which, interestingly enough, Mm -hmm. is something that I hear from clients quite a bit. And my girlfriend and I would, we would send Marco Polos back and forth to each other, basically saying like, I know I should care, but I don't. So I'm just going (laughs) to keep it pushing. But, and Kayleen, you'll appreciate this. It reminds me, and my sister and I were talking about this too, it reminds me of that Golden Girls episode, <laughs> Sick and Tired, where Dorothy was like, oh. had this chronic fatigue. We found out it was chronic fatigue syndrome. For all you Golden Girls fans, you'll know what we're talking mm-hmm. about. But, you know, they were all just celebrating. So it's like, it has a name. It has a mm-hmm. name. So reading this article, yes, I resonated with it so much because so many of the things that he mentioned, like having a hard time focusing and having a hard time being productive, just it really stood out to me. Okay, yeah, I love, I knew you were going to say Golden Girls too. And I was like, which one is it? And that was a big one. That was a two-parter. I don't know if you remember yes. that it was a two-parter. Yes. Because they were showing like how hard it was. She was going to every doctor and they were all just brushing her off as a woman of a certain age. Oh man, that is, that's a mm-hmm. brutal one. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> for me, the thing that was, the, the whole article resonated with me, but the one that did the most was Daphne Kaylee. Kay Lee mm. uh, wrote about something she called revenge bedtime cr- procrastination, which was basically mm. like 
staying up later just to have some sort of semblance of a life rather. So it became that like having this, you know, unexpected time was more important than actually sleeping. And Adam Grant called it the act of quiet defiance against languishing. I feel like I do that, but on sort of the reverse where maybe I'll cut out of work for like an hour or two and there's no like, I have to make it up somewhere. So I'll end up staying up at like 10, 11, 12 at night and get that work done. But it feels like I won in some weird way, but I I didn't. I'm losing over and over again, really. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's real. I think everyone has probably like, felt this way. Like, I I don't think I've talked to any like friend or family member that hasn't at some point felt like this in the past year. And and all those like statistics, Kia, that you were mentioning are really interesting. And I feel like there's going to be so many more coming out in the next few years, just like, because there hasn't even been enough distance to like measure the full results of like how people are living right now. So I'm really interested to see that. So coming up, we'll share how you can actually feel better from languishing. And we're going to share five pieces of advice on navigating your emotions. I want to take a quick break to talk about one of our sponsors, Bev. Bev is a female first canned wine brand that was founded to change not only the way a product is consumed, but the way an industry and culture have operated for generations. In an industry that is almost exclusively masculine, Bev is breaking norms and creating something from the female perspective that is approachable, fun, and consumer-centric. Bev has four varietals, Rosé, Sauvignon Blanc, Pinot Gris, and Pinot Noir. I personally really enjoy a nice rosé, and Bev's rosé is delicious. It's dry, crisp, and has a nice little fizz, which equals a refreshing and delicious sip, making it the perfect summer beverage. And the best part is Bev has zero sugar and only three carbs and a hundred calories per serving. Bev makes it easy to have a glass of wine and not overindulge, which is perfect if you are cutting back on sugar or drinking. The cans may look cute and tiny, but each can is a glass and a half of wine, perfect for when you don't want to open a bottle of wine just for yourself. Their four packs are also great for gifting, hosting, and social distance hangs. Plus, Bev ships straight to your door and shipping is always free. We've worked out an exclusive deal for the Females Podcast listeners to receive 20% off your first purchase plus free shipping. I suggest trying their best-selling Ladies' Night Variety Pack so you can check out all of their delicious varietals. Go to drinkbev.com females or use code females at checkout to claim this deal. That's D-R-I-N-K-B-E-V dot com slash females, F-E-M-A-I-L-S. So our first piece of advice is name your emotions and then navigate them. And we've spoken about being mindful and labeling emotions in the past, but I found an interesting study that was um, done at UCLA. I mean, I think it's like from 2012, so it's a few years old, but they found that the more negative and fearful words you use to label an emotion there's a better chance you have of reducing your fear and stress. So what they did was they had 88 participants have to like face a tarantula. So they had a tarantula like in this like open um, container outdoors and they asked um, them to step inside and then they brought like a second tarantula inside and set the spider in front of like each group. They divided into four groups 
And the first group was asked to describe their emotions and specifically label the experience uh, of like fear and say things like, I'm anxious and frightened by the ugly, terrifying spider. So just to be upfront, because um, I don't know, it's a tarantula right in front of you. And then the second group was asked to use neutral terms um, about their feelings towards the spider. So they would say things like, that little spider can't hurt me. I'm not afraid of it. So they wouldn't emphasize maybe the disgust or fear. The third group was like just avoiding the spider and they would just say things that are irrelevant, just like having other conversations. And then the fourth group was asked to just not say anything at all and just look at the tarantula. So then they brought back all these people a week later to face a tarantula again. And they found that the first group that honestly expressed how they were feeling fearful about the tarantula were able to get a lot closer and they were like less sweaty and nervous than the group that uh, like group four or group three that were pretending to be unaffected by it. So all this to say that naming the emotions, they found that it lowers the intensity of that emotion when it comes to these negative and stressful thoughts that we have. And it also, it reminds you in the present that like what you're feeling right now is temporary and it's not you. So it's not like Aaliyah is like frustrated. It's like I, Aaliyah is feeling frustrated. And then that kind of puts it into perspective rather than like, this is going to never end. So I thought this was super interesting that scientifically this is proven true to just name them and then create a strategy for navigating them and what you need to do, problem solving and things like that. That's a really fascinating study, and it tracks with some things that I've heard that therapists share with their clients that are, you know, really facing and dealing with intense fears. And, you know, often, and I think we've talked about this um, on previous episodes, too, is that, you know, when it's swirling in your head, it feels bigger, right? When you don't address it, it's just kind of like this nebulous cloud, if you will. But writing it down, um, and actually Tim Ferriss has a TED talk about fear setting, where he says to write out the worst case scenarios or the things that, you know, you're most afraid of. And the act of writing it down, which is akin to this naming it, then navigating it, writing it down really does take the power away from that particular fear. So this, like I said, this, and I've heard of therapists share this exercise with clients as well. So that really does track. And there is something to that idea of just naming it and naming it boldly, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So our second piece of advice is to get your rest. And in addition to resting your body, you know, getting anywhere from six to eight hours of sleep each night, it's also important to call out that you have to rest your brain as well, right? Especially when we were talking about at the top of this Groundhog's Day, and it's the same thing over and over again. And it just feels like you don't have this break. It feels like you have no escape from your home or being in front of a computer at all hours of the day or scrolling on your phone doing work wherever you are. And that can cause a great deal of mental exhaustion, which is harder to dissipate than physical exhaustion, right? If you just sit down for 10 minutes or lie down and take a nap, that replenishes your body, right? But if your mind is constantly running while your brain or while your body is at rest, that just, it, get, it begets 
more exhaustion, more tiredness, and more of these feelings of hopelessness and just this endless cycle that we feel like we're in, hence the, the languishing. So it is important that we rest both our brains as well as our bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it becomes such a cycle where it's like, you don't feel mentally rested. And then you're like, okay, I think I'm physically exhausted. And then you lay down and you're like, I can't sleep. And then you become physically exhausted. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of cycles. So it's like, have you all experienced like this just sort of like mental, physical exhaustion loop before? And do you have like a hack to get yeah. around it? I don't know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> Another episode. <laughs> uh, specific to this you know, this pandemic Mm -hmm. languishing. For me, it was honestly pretty early on disconnecting from, or not early on, let me say in periods, I would really have to like make an effort to completely disconnect from the news because that to me was so, I mean, stressful, Uh, especially Mm -hmm. around like the election. I I mean, pick a week, pick a week and I'll tell you like (laughs) why it was awful and I had to turn the news off. But Mm -hmm. um. There's that. And then, gosh, I know we did the episode about the seven types of rest, but I'm forgetting which one was kind of the screen time rest. It was like the sensory one, sensory rest or something like that. That's a big one. And I've started actually setting alarms for myself. So I'll go out, you know, for like, quote unquote, lunch, but I'll have my phone with me and and I'll pick it up and I'll look. And it's like, it tends to be actually work stuff. So I'll set an alarm and I'm like, until my phone makes a noise, I'm not looking at it. I'm not looking at my computer or nothing. And that has been helping me because I'll, I will mindlessly open my laptop with nothing mm-hmm. to do and I'll, you know, check Google Analytics or something. And I'm like, why am I doing this? I did this <laughs> three minutes ago. So yep. it's things like that where I'm, I'm in this loop that I'm not even aware of. So if I can make, especially like for me, like audible cues really help something like setting an alarm or. Yeah. My boyfriend, he has a new baby niece and we were talking to his sister And she was like, yeah, I'm just taking her around and trying to get her kind of exhausted by the evening so that she'll sleep longer through the night. And I was like, that's what I need to do to myself. (laughs) Like, I've kind of taken it the other route, Kayleen, where I was like, I need to treat myself like a little baby that needs to be like tired out because you just sit like on like I've, I've just tried to increase like physical stuff or I'll just go outside right now. Like it's nice, hot and sunny in L.A. So it's like that, you know, exhaustion of like physically being like, oh, I did something all day because I found that like when I would commute to the office or whatever, like traffic would tire me out, like little things like that, that aren't I'm not like sprinting or doing something crazy, but it would still like physically tire you out. And I found that I didn't have that as much. So I would like now I've very consciously picked up like I'm going to go literally run around and (laughs) hopefully exert some energy. So I feel that difference. One thing I will add to that, and I remember a massage therapist gave me this guidance uh, several years ago, one of the many times that I've been under tremendous stress, and I carry a lot of my stress in my shoulders and uh, and upper back. And so in the massage, he noticed that and he said, you know, one thing that is important to do or one thing is important to recognize is that even when you remove yourself physically from work, your brain is still processing it. You're still focused on that in your brain. So he was like, when you go out for your evening walk, instead of just doing this mindless walk, he was like, actually make an intentional effort to notice things like notice the trees or notice the cars so that you're giving your brain something else to focus on. And so one thing that I do, and, you know, 
it might sound silly, but it certainly helps is what I do when I'm walking and I'm really like, I notice that I'm kind of in that stress cycle is when I see a license plate on a car, I will name the tag number out loud and I'll say the letters like the way the police or the military say the letters. So right now I'm looking at a license plate that has GVU. I might say, you know, 222 George Victor Unicorn. And that like, because that forces my brain to do something else other than spinning out on, you know, whatever stressed me out. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I got. I have to learn that uh, military alphabet too. That's good. I like yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. It, and and it, by the way, it's super fun to do that. Just like thinking how many new words I can come up with. <laughs> if you've listened to the females before, you probably know that I love coffee, and it is pretty much my only fuel for the workday. But you know what I hate when you're sitting at your desk and your coffee gets cold before you even have a chance to drink it. And that's where our lovely sponsor Ember comes in. Ember is a temperature control smart mug that keeps your coffee or tea hot until the very last sip. All you have to do is set your preferred drinking temperature with the Ember app and your Ember mug will keep it there, ensuring a perfect delicious sip each time. With a sleek design, Ember has a long lasting built-in battery so that you can sip your coffee in any room of the house without it getting cold. When you're ready to recharge, just place it on the included charging coaster. The Ember app will even notify you when your preferred drinking temperature is reached, so no more burning your mouth or running to the microwave when it gets cold. Ember is unlike other products on the market that just keep your beverage hot and most of the time too hot. Ember offers precision temperature control, and it's also available in a 10-ounce, 14-ounce, and a travel mug. Ember just released a stunning new rose gold edition to add to their metallic collection, The new mug is the perfect pop of color for any work from home setup and makes an ideal gift for any coffee or tea lover. The best part is you can use our code FEMALES for 10% off your first time purchase at ember.com. That's code FEMALES, F-E-M-A-I-L-S, for 10% off your first time purchase at ember.com. So our third tip is to create something to look forward to. So it's common to find joy in having something to look forward to. For many of us, that tends to be like a big vacation, meeting up with family friends, buying tickets to a concert down the line, or, or even just planning to go get a pedicure on Saturday. And coincidentally, those are all things that we couldn't do in the last year. There was an early pandemic article in Harvard Business Review, which I think became like their most read article like of all time. And it was called That Discomfort You're Feeling is Grief. And it's about how we were all grieving normalcy in that moment and any hope for normalcy and just not knowing, you know, what was next. So uh, my advice here is to plan something to look forward to, even if, I mean, we're, we are getting closer to quote unquote, like being post COVID, but um, even if you're going to plan something small, like getting a pedicure or something larger, like going on a trip in a year, even if it has to be rescheduled, I do think there is a psychological advantage of just having, you know, a date on the calendar that's, you know, circled and is something exciting, which is, I think that's the thing that keeps us going normally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For me, I've instituted a sandwich Sunday (laughs) and it's where I order a really fancy sandwich at this place in LA. And if you're in LA, I highly recommend or in the area, Jeff's table. It's really good. And so I get this fancy sandwich every Sunday. And to me, that is like 
sadly, maybe the thing I look forward to. Like, you know, it's just like, it's the whole process of it. And I think it's only because it feels super summery right now. And it feels very much like, a, oh, it's everything's so bright and cheery. And I'm now I'm eating a delicious sandwich. But I will say it really does work. <laughs> Even on that micro scale, it's not like I'm looking forward to a vacation, but I highly recommend it. I highly recommend the small sandwich Sundays. <laughs> Sunday is a great day to set something to look forward to also. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sunday. I mean, we talk about the Sunday scaries and mm. they have not gone anywhere. They're just different and weirder. <laughs> it just means your office starts to like creep into your Yeah, I was going to say they the just are, they're longer now. <laughs> <laughs> and our fourth piece of advice is to pay attention to you. And I say that very intentionally. And this is this is kind of a build on Aaliyah's first tip of naming what your, emo- what your emotions are and then navigating them. And so this is just taking that one step further because as I just talked about, many of us carry our stress and our emotions in our body, but we don't, we really bypass that. We, we forget how, and there's actually a book on this called The Body Keeps Score. And it's really important to remember that your body holds messages for you as well. So even if you are maybe not able to tune into an emotion or be able to name it, just as we've been able to name languishing, if you can do a full body scan and just go from your head to your toes and just identify, okay, what's going on in my head or how's my face feeling? And when you pick up on or notice any tension, giving voice to that tension, giving voice to whatever that feeling is, because that can create insights and breakthroughs for you in terms of what might actually be going on so that you can start to navigate them just as you did when you were naming kind of like the emotions in your head. And there are studies of how your body sends more messages to your brain than your brain sends to the rest of your body. So that's Another reason why it's really important to really pay attention to what's happening in your body, because that can create insights and lessons and messages for you as well. It's like just the labeling aspect, Mm -hmm. too, and being aware and also preventing future things to get worse. It's super important. I know that it's also when you're trying to calm down to go to sleep. I think a common practice is to like basically focus on each part of your body from your toes up to your basically the top of your head Mm -hmm. just to check in. And I mean, I guess my connection here is just that that makes sense because it's sort of just checking in on everything either before you go to sleep or before you continue it on. Just, you know, I've heard um, to literally visualize your body being filled with like light mm-hmm. or something like it would be a scan or something. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I love those super practical things to imagine. Our fifth and most important piece of advice is to reach out for help if, and when you need it. And I think the same goes for, uh, if you have friends, if you can reach out to them, I know one of those pieces of advice that always floats around is to always be checking in on your friend that, you know, is, is the peppy one, the one that always seems the most, you know, put together and fine. It's kind of creating this loop where everyone can speak to one another. I know personally for me, it's not that I love when my friends are miserable when I am, but I sort of do. It or just gives you a feeling of like, okay, we're all navigating this together mm-hmm. and it makes it, it does, it, it takes some weight off of it. It makes it feel lighter. And then maybe you could even not, not the joking about it, it's always the answer, but you, you can lighten it a little bit, I guess. Yeah. Definitely. I totally understand that. And also it's like, because as we mentioned before, this feeling of languishing is kind of that in between of like, 
doesn't mean you're dreading every day. It doesn't mean like you're on a high every day, but it, it could, you know, evolve into something else. So definitely important if you're feeling like this is bigger than just me going through my body or something and doing a scan. It's like, yeah, definitely reach out to a professional and address it before it gets worse and worse. Well, you know, and the article, there was a line in there talking about as a part of this languishing, oftentimes you don't even realize how much you're slipping into solitude. So um, this is, and this is part of that naming piece, right? If you notice that you're more withdrawn than not, that could be the sign that it is time to reach out for help, whether it be speaking to a professional or setting up focused, intentional conversations with just one friend that you can set an agreement with of, you know, let's call and vent to each other you know, once a month or every other week or something like that, just so that you, and I guess this can be something that you look forward to, right? But just so that you have this outlet that you know you are safe to share whatever it is that's going on so that you can release that pressure valve. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Females. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review and you can even share future topics you want us to cover. They really help our show ratings and that means the females will get recommended more often to new listeners. As we mentioned in the episode, we have a few articles and resources to help you take stock of your emotions, especially in the workplace. If you want to communicate the best way to work with you, we have a guide that we created with the masters of workplace emotions, Liz and Molly. It's called A Guide to Working With Me, and it's linked in our show notes, along with all the other articles we mentioned. And last but not least, if you notice that fear is blocking you in addition to the languishing, but if you notice that fear is blocking you from getting and keeping in touch with yourself, please feel free to grab my free mini course on overcoming fear. And we have linked to this in the show notes as well. 